Legislative procedures for the 6,000 NT cash handouts are now underway. On Wednesday, the Executive Yuan finalized the draft bill for the allocation of tax surplus for the next three years. If approved by the Legislative Yuan, the Executive Yuan will then be able to draft a budget bill for the cash handouts. On Thursday morning, ministerial officials arrived at the Executive Yuan to discuss details in a special act that will greenlight the budget bill for 6,000 anti-cash handouts from a tax surplus. By noon, the draft bill was finalized and delivered to the Legislative Yuan for approval. Once the special act gets approved by the Legislative Yuan after three readings, the Executive Yuan will deliver a special budgetary bill that will also have to go through the three-reading procedure before we can deliver on the relevant budget. As for how to collect the handouts, there will most likely be several options, as was the case with the handouts for families with children under the age of 12 last year. To avoid long lines at ATMs and post offices, people can apply for a remittance online on a designated webpage. The payment will then be processed and dispensed to their bank accounts. There's also the option of applying through an ATM or at a bank counter. Procedures for the 6,000 NT cash handouts should be planned and designed in advance. Once the budget plan is approved, we then will be able to deliver the cash handouts as soon as possible. We hope the Legislative Yuan can prioritize approving the draft bill we passed this morning. The Executive Yuan called on lawmakers to prioritize reviewing the special act. However, after failed cross-party negotiations on the central government's annual budget on Wednesday, the KMT rejected a motion to extend the legislative session, leaving little time for other bills. The DPP, as the ruling party, can only be said to be extremely domineering and arrogant. They want to appear all high and mighty while undermining our efforts. The KMT refused to extend the session, but didn't they say they'll approve the handouts in four days? They probably see just how that's impossible, so now they're shifting all the blame onto the DPP. The cash handouts will only be dispensed after the Legislative Yuan approves both the draft bill and its accompanying budget bill. It remains to be seen when that will become reality. Taiwan's recent decision to lengthen conscription was applauded by several U.S. international security experts. That's including Randall Shriver, who is currently leading a delegation visit on behalf of a think tank, as well as Matt Pottinger, former U.S. Deputy National Security Advisor. Using results from war games simulating an invasion by China, Shriver said that Taiwan would emerge victorious in most conflict scenarios with China. The Marines conduct live fire shooting practice. The new routine was allegedly taught by the U.S. Navy SEALs. There are a few differences in the new routine for shooting practice. First, the targets are now moving. You can also see from the start, the shooting is done in various positions. The shooting on the move, shooting in succession, and troubleshooting on the move. All these are different from drills in the past. Meanwhile, Project 2049 Institute Chair Randall Shriver, who is currently leading a delegation to Taiwan, said he welcomes Taiwan's recent decision to lengthen conscription. If you're only uh, serving for three months, there's, there's only so much time you can do to train. Uh, so extending uh, conscription for a year does give more opportunities for that interaction and that training. I 
I want to applaud Taiwan for lengthening conscription from four months to a year. A heightened will to protect one's home and defend one's country will be a deterring force to maintain peace. The former U.S. official also approved of the decision, while Shriver, citing results from a war game, said Taiwan can repel an invasion by China. It proves that Taiwan is defendable and that we shouldn't have a defeatist attitude. In terms of PLA activity, these kinds of activities can have several purposes, one of which is the political signaling and trying to affect mood and optimism and attitude of people on Taiwan. Shriver added that China will be meddling with the next presidential election in 2024 and said that Taiwan should stay vigilant. A familiar face for many, Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokesperson Joanne O oh is set to leave her post this Lunar New Year as she relocates to Taiwan's representative office in New Zealand. It will mark the end of an era for the ministry's youngest and longest-serving spokesperson. Oh is 48 years old and has been working for the ministry for 26 years. She is proficient in several foreign languages, including English, French and Spanish. On many occasions, she has accompanied Taiwan's presidents and vice presidents on visits to Central and South America as an interpreter. One of her more memorable moments was in 2003 when she interpreted for former Vice President Anat Liu and then Cuban leader Fidel Castro at a banquet in Paraguay. The National Science and Technology Council has launched a Taiwan Science and Technology Hub at Stanford University in the U.S. This is the first time Taiwan has established a technology hub on the campus of an American university. The development comes on the heels of the opening of TSMC's chip fab in Arizona and demonstrates closer Taiwan-U.S. cooperation on tech. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. After more than a year of preparations, Taiwan's National Science and Technology Council has launched the Taiwan Science and Technology Hub at Stanford University. The agreement for the project was signed in December 2022, and construction of the hub is expected to be finished by March 2023. The Taiwan Science and Technology Hub will be located at Stanford University, and Berkeley may also join. Maybe we will see technology exchanges on the west coast of the U.S. in the future, and we will be a platform to facilitate that. Through talent cultivation and industry university cooperation, we can gain some resources from the U.S. The U.S. is very honored to cooperate with Taiwan in the field of science and technology because Taiwan has been a reliable partner recently. Taiwan is a very critical part of the global semiconductor industry and has new cutting-edge technology. This newly established Taiwan Science and Technology Hub will allow the world to see the continuous scientific and technological research cooperation between the U.S. and Taiwan to provide innovative technology and sustainable solutions. In the future, the hub will hold activities in cross-discipline academic research and cooperation and university exchanges. Through the hub, Organizers hope to amplify Taiwan's scientific research and international influence. The hub will focus on fields including sustainability, green energy, precision health, semiconductors, and other fields. We want to discuss how to accelerate the development of key areas and amplify the influence of our country's participation in science and technology. One strategy is to integrate existing resources and support research exchanges between various ministries and top universities in the U.S. 
This is the first Taiwan science and technology hub located on the campus of a top American university with an established research center and offices. Taiwan Science and Technology Hub has recruited well-known experts in the industry to serve as instructors and advisors, including Philip Wong, the chief scientist at TSMC, as well as Michael Liu, the first Taiwanese to serve as a dean of the School of Public Health at UC Berkeley. Research and development are done by people. Universities are the training grounds for people who carry out the research and development. Cultivating the talents for semiconductor is a unique role universities around the world can play. Government support can go a long way towards that goal. The establishment of this Taiwan Science and Technology Hub is therefore very timely. Taiwan has tremendous potential in uh, biotech and medtech, especially at the intersection of ICT and healthcare. Right? Taiwan is already a global leader in information and communication technology. It also has tremendous manufacturing capabilities, especially manufacturing at speed, at scale, and with precision. Through the new hub, it hopes to promote closer scientific and technology research cooperation between Taiwan and the U.S. and at the same time, elevate Taiwan's capabilities in technology and its global influence. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Li Yihan in Taipei. A landslide along the Suhua Highway in eastern Taiwan has brought road transport between Hualien and Yilan to a halt. The incident happened in the early hours of Thursday. About 1,200 cubic meters of debris fell near the 159-kilometer mark of the road, blocking the entrance of a tunnel. With clearing expected to take about three days, the Transport Ministry will be running additional train and ferry services until the road reopens. Debris blocks the entrance of the tunnel. Smaller stones continue falling all around. This collapsed at the 159-kilometer mark of the Suha Highway, where big rocks and other debris fell on a rock shed at the entrance of a tunnel. No vehicles were caught in the landslide, and the police have closed off the road to traffic. The constant rain resulted in the collapse. Currently, the police bureau and construction agencies are working to remove the debris. Heavy machinery has been dispatched through the area to clear up the road as soon as possible. Traffic has been cut off in both directions between Renshui Tunnel and Chongde Control Station. It's all volcanic rock, which is why this disaster happened. The entirety of the Suhua Highway is probably in similar conditions. We will add a project to the Suhua Highway Safety Plan to add a 9.5-kilometer tunnel so that we can avoid incidents like this one. The collapse happened about 30 minutes before I arrived. The police told me not to go in, so I've been waiting here. The area of the collapse stretches 25 meters and a width of 8.5 meters. In some areas, the debris piles as high as 5 meters. All in all, it's about 1,200 cubic meters of debris, which will take about three days to clear. The Transport Ministry has launched response measures. The Taiwan Railways Administration will operate six additional express train services between Hualien and Yilan on Thursday afternoon. Starting Friday, it will run 12 extra services daily. 
a Hofu Express ferry has been mobilized to ease congestion. The Hofu Express will operate several services. It can carry about 440 passengers and 40 vehicles. Uni Air says it will evaluate demand for air transport before launching additional flights. If road transport is preferred, cars and small buses can take the Central Cross Island Highway between 7 a.m. and 5 p.m. Semiconductor giant TSMC on Thursday reported a net profit of more than 1.165 trillion NT in 2022, and gross margin that bettered previous estimates. Net profit increased by more than 70% from previous years, with earnings that share standing at 39.2 NT. The company says it is expecting first quarter revenues to be about 14.2% lower than last year due to inventory adjustments and expansion projects in the U.S. and Japan. It added that things were looking to get better in the second half of the year. Let's hear from TSMC. The inventory correction actually uh, began last year. And uh, at the peak of the third quarter, we think um, the inventory had been peaked um, in third quarter last year and gradually reduced uh, in the fourth quarter. And we, we did see some uh, inventory reduce sharply, uh, you know, recently. And it will continue to be so to uh, first half of this year. So that's why we say we have uh, uh, confidence that in the second half, the business will rebound. But uh, is that a very strong V-shape? We didn't know yet but certainly it's not a U-shape. One figure that investors have been concerned about is whether the company's gross margin will stay high amid its expansion plans in the U.S. and Japan. Chief Financial Officer Huang Renzhao said that discussing gross margins before the second quarter was premature, adding that TSMC would continue to do its best. Demand for rapid tests is soaring as COVID numbers surge in Taiwan. With the Lunar New Year holidays around the corner, the government on Thursday started distributing free rapid test kits to disadvantaged groups. People in low-income households with disabilities or without homes can get four rapid test kits, each free of cost. Over in some local pharmacies, tests are already selling out. A pharmacist opens up an empty cardboard box to show us that rapid test rations have sold out. In fact, non-rationed tests are also out of stock. Taiwan is experiencing a COVID surge, fueling demand for at-home rapid tests. Previously, I would sell five to six kits every day. Now that we're seeing another wave, it's about 30 to 40 every day. Local pharmacies weren't fully ready for this. In addition, delivery speeds are slower because the Lunar New Year is approaching. Sometimes pharmacies don't have any rapid test kits to give out, so members of the public might just have to wait a while. This pharmacy has put up a sign at the door announcing it has run out of rapid tests. Meanwhile, with COVID infections on the rise, the CECC announced that starting Thursday, the government will distribute four rapid test kits to low-income households, low-middle-income households, homeless people, and people with disabilities. The measure is expected to benefit about 1.8 million people. Over in Taipei, the Social Welfare Department is set to start handing out kits at local district offices from January 16th.
Over in the U.S., the federal government extended its COVID health emergency for another three months, just as the XBB subvariant drives a fresh surge in the country. Closer to Taiwan and China, the COVID situation is largely unknown. The XBB variant's rise in the U.S. is bringing some uncertainty. The variants from China could spread to other countries and infect other populations. China's COVID situation could have some impact to the rest of the world. In Taiwan, we should focus on keeping the epidemic here under control. A study from the U.S. conducted last year found that COVID can accelerate the aging process in organs such as the kidneys, the brain, and the heart by three to four years, and repeat infections can further aggravate aging. Picking flowers and organizing them into a stylish and elegant arrangement is an art that takes years to perfect, more so for seasonal arrangements that mix elements of different cultures. French floral designer Claude Cossec has mastered the art to perfection. The 25-year Taiwan resident has even opened a floristry school to teach people how to pair up blossoms into a classy ornament for any occasion. Our reporter Stephanie Yang met up with Cossec to see what kinds of floral arrangements are suitable for the Lunar New Year. Actually, the idea for this design is to go straight inside the water. Clark Kasek binds a bamboo with a rubber band and then attaches different flowers such as cherry blossoms, gloriosa, and tulips. Kosek says the design is very suitable for the Lunar New Year. Um, I think the Lunar New Year is very important. Uh, first, uh, that the flower can stay enough long. So um, we have to choose uh, so flower that can really stay uh, for maybe one month. Eh? That's very important. And so uh, after, uh, try to, when you do the design, try to bring some of the uh, traditional or the symbol actually of New Year. So it can be uh, by the color like gold or uh, also uh, by by the, f- the flower itself and like maybe we, we like to use the chrysanthemum or this kind of thing huh? or, or uh, like the uh, cherry blossom so try to bring this kind in your design. Uh, I think that when you, you uh, turn the design and walk like this all around you will really have a, a create some deep The second design, which is also suitable for the Lunar New Year, incorporates chrysanthemums, cherry blossoms, tulips, orchids, and roses. Also, uh, maybe uh, try to not do it too classic and uh, try to bring some uh, more element also that will uh, give your design a little feeling of the Europe or France. Huh? So maybe some more uh, wild thing or some more, um, uh, how to say, gar- like we call garden flower, like a tulips or this kind of flower that you can try to mix together with your chrysanthemum and things. Cossack is a French florist master who specializes in internationally acclaimed French style flor- He was born in France to a family of flower arranging masters. Throughout his career, he has won several international awards and taught and studied in different countries, including Germany, Belgium, Taiwan, Japan, and China. In 1997, he moved to Taiwan and created his own floristry school. I think I I really like uh, the place, I really like the people here, and uh, uh, the culture is very interesting, and so the the fusion between that I can bring between the Europe for art and uh, the, uh, the, the flower here in Taiwan and uh, uh, everything about the culture so it's really uh, very interesting. My teaching philosophy uh, I will say um, so like I say I like to mix the, 
so um, the European throw out because it's actually what I teach, uh, what I learn also uh, uh, in Europe, and mix it with the the Taiwan culture and the Taiwan uh, uh, society and everything. So also the Taiwan flowers, uh, a lot of them, a lot of the flowers different uh, from what you can find uh, uh, in Europe. So it's try to mix the, all these kind of uh, of things uh, together to create the flower design. Uh, and but uh, really the basic it's really to uh, show the student and teach the student uh, the base and of the of the European for art. Over the years, Cossack has also designed evening gowns for several fashion shows. We also have some do some fashion show where we create dresses and uh, we create air decorations for a lot a lot of uh, things like this. Uh, the flower market is really good because uh, we can find the two parts of the uh, of the flower. The meaning we have the local flower with the, all the uh, local green local foliage that you can find here, and uh, also uh, so all the import things because uh, I think there is a. Uh, every week eh, there is flour that are imported from Holland or from France. <laughs> also, uh, I have a lot of uh, French flower designers who come here also uh, to teach the flower. And uh, uh, every time they are very impressed uh, when they go to the market and they want to buy everything because uh, we don't have so much things uh, actually uh, uh, in a French flower market. So they can find uh, very special species of flower, species of green. So they, they want to put everything in their design actually. Kosek says that his goal is to be an ambassador of French floral design in Taiwan and combine the techniques of Taiwan and French flower design together in order to bridge the gap between the two countries and share its culture with more people around the world. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Li Yihan in Taipei.